if you're still tracking and categorizing all your own expenses, I have a message from your CPA. Stop. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are your goals include growing your sales. And one way to do that is delegating admin responsibilities by trading time for money. Rising Stock and MyBooks.Pro is exactly what you need. Rising Stock is an all-encompassing financial tracking and coaching program where MyBooks.Pro is exactly what it sounds like. They just do your books. You can choose to just have them track your expenses or take advantage of everything they have to offer. Do your business and your CPA a favor by scheduling a free intro call today at linktree slash CSP60. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash CSP60. That's linktree slash CSP60 with a dot before the two E's. Let me ask you one more thing on that and then I want to get into the growth. Sure. The person that might show up and say, well, what if not having an assistant is what's holding me back from fill in the blank? Um, You're lazy. If, if you if you came today to get coddled, you you're not in the right place, boys and girls. He's gonna cut you off right there. You're lazy. There are too many people in this business across the board that focus on force replacement versus force multiplication. Thanks for joining us on the CSP Hot Hands 60 Minutes of Fire podcast. My name is Brett Wiggins, and I get to serve as your host. So what is a CSP? Uh, CSP is a Cutco sales professional. There are a lot of them out there and they've all got a different answer to the question, why do you sell so much? Our mission is to find out the answer to that question from as many of them as possible. These next 60 minutes are designed for Cutco sales reps who desire to learn from our best in the field. So we interview top sales professionals from around the country with questions provided by their peers to make all that happen. 60 minutes of fire means we get straight to the point. Let's do it. Well, welcome to CSP Hot Hand 60 Minutes Fire, episode number two. And I'm so excited Whoa. for our guest today. Uh, he is one of the most unapologetically himself human beings in Cutco, Joffrey Grimes, from our Bellevue office in Washington Division. Uh, however, currently uh, in Portland for the day, helping a friend move. So he does, he he gives. He just gives and gives. Uh, anytime Joffrey references a resource that's available to us. He's going to share it with me after our time together, and then I'll make it available to you guys uh, uh, via our mm. typical link. Uh, and then, Joffrey, if you have any scripts, templates, don't feel the need to cover <clears throat> it in detail or share it right this second. We'll share it afterwards so we can spend the bulk of our time uh, on the questions our CSP community has put together for you. Are we ready Love to it. jam? Yes, we're ready to jam. Well, I want to thank ahead of time our CSP community in Michigan, as always, for submitting most of these questions. It would not be very uh, fire without their help, more like leftover warmups from their microwave, which are still good. <laughs> but if I was coming up with them, wouldn't be as great. I want to specifically thank Jordan Thomas, Olia Greathouse, Kaiser Schwartz, Chelsea McDougal, Jaleen Baumeister, uh, Reagan Blue, Han Garrett for all submitting uh, questions to help us out. So first of all, Joffrey, how long have you been selling Cutco? Uh, November 9th. 2002. So in just a few weeks, will be 21 years. I love it when people know. Mike, 
I love it. My career is almost old enough to drink. <laughs> what is your, uh, what's your yearly sales breakdown, like percentage wise, typically look like? Like if you had to break down like traditional events, service, business gifts, past customer marketing, all that, what, what about would it look like? So my booth CPO and my residential follow-up are pretty evenly split. I think last year I did 171 behind the booth and in home I did somewhere 160, 185, somewhere in that vague range. Wow. Counting, counting my rep portal, counting flash sales. Uh, and then the difference between that and the 400 number I sold last year was business gifts. Very cool. Every football fan is a huge, you're like the perfect run pass. Equally, like, <clears throat> very good. Uh, what other titles, if any, or interests do you have in life outside of, of Cutco? Well, uh, other than coming down to Portland to help a friend move, the reason I came back down the second weekend was because it's Lego double points weekend. Oh, let's and go. There's, and there's no sales tax in Oregon. And my truck is literally overflowing with Lego. It's an F-150. <laughs> okay, follow-up to that then. What's your favorite Lego project that you've ever completed? I'm a big fan of the old monorail stuff from the 80s and 90s. Um, currently, I'm a big Star Wars nut, so there's a bunch of Star Wars themes, but I grew up on the classic castle and classic space. And um, when I bought the new house in 2021, it was designed around the Lego collection. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I've got a fun uh, uh, Cutco alumni mm. follow for you. You might already uh, follow him, Robert Robert Alcantara. Um, I'll share it with you. He does some of our uh, national social media stuff now, but he is full on Lego influencer, creator, everything. You guys should definitely get together. He just moved out to uh, to Austin, so a little bit closer than Michigan, but still pretty far away. Uh, yeah, it's a triangle. <laughs> what's the last? <laughs> fun thing you did. And it could be yesterday. It could be this morning. It could be two years ago. What's the last fun thing you did when you weren't selling Cutco? Um, I'm a huge underground music enthusiast. Um, you'll see me anytime I'm not working, wearing a band t-shirt. I think today is a perfect circle. Um, I have tickets to see Tool in Canada next weekend. Uh, oh, I have great. tickets to Depeche Mode coming up. Um, uh, since the end of my state fair, I've gone to a pair of concerts. Um, uh, uh, I'll be seeing uh, when Pink plays in Seattle in a few days, Brandy Carlisle's opening. Brandy Carlisle's a customer of mine. I have backstage passes, so I'll be seeing oh, Brandy Carlisle and Pink side stage. That is so I'm awesome. I'm not even a Pink or a Brandy Carlisle fan, but that stage production, you're I'm not going to pass backstage. up the fan i'm a bad regardless of who yeah that's pretty yeah. awesome um yeah. any anything in the works right now maybe it's an order a program <clears throat> a business relationship uh a late something that you're excited about that uh is kind of in the works so um this is the time of year i don't work on the business i work the business mm. this time of year i'm executing so excuse me now is not the time of year oh. i think about that question because Every state, every region, every community kind of has its fair and show circuit. And yep. I'm kind of like, I'm known as a heavy fair and show guy. I'm only doing like 12, 13 events a year, but I'm apparently known as a heavy fair and show guy. Okay. I'm not. Um, I do a lot of in-home appointments. Um, this time of year, it's just pure follow-up. Mm. Uh, I'm sitting at about 340 for the year. I got 160 to go to get 500 K Last year, I did just over 400. 
So the big thing I'm focused on right now is how fast, how many years does it take me to move from 400K in annual sales to 500K in annual sales? And I if I can do that in one year. Awareness awesome. around that though. You're like, now's, I have to say no to that right now. That's something that I find I work on with new leaders is you got to learn how to say no. And for you, it's like, it's the wrong time. It could be the best idea in the world, but now is when I'm, I'm my return on investment of doing the things, not thinking about the things is high. Uh, good, good for you. Um, let's, let's dive into this. This is, this was, um, something that came up in one way, shape or form in many of the forms that got submitted Joffrey. And that's what is your yearly planning session look like? That's very open-ended and it's meant to be like, when you hear that, like what's your yearly planning session look like? When is it? Where does it happen? Who's involved? Like, what is that for you? Okay. So in manager terms, you have this thing called golden period right at the beginning of summer where you launch everybody. Yep. As a fair and show rep, golden period is the slew of state and county fairs kind of wrapping up summer that in theory gives you a ton of leads that can carry you into next year. So for August and September, I have a lead goal because there's a certain amount of leads I want to collect during those precious seven and a half weeks that will be responsible for 40% of my annual service calls. Okay. Mm. So my annual planning session for 2024 started with my leads goal for fair season, which that goal was set in June. Okay. Yep. Right now, fall campaign is creating the momentum for 2024. I'm trying to have my very first 200K uh, uh, campaign. Um, never cracked 200K for a campaign. I think last year I did 181 or something for fall. And the year before I did 179 or something. And another one I did like 184. So I'm cracking, like I'm, like I'm right up against it. Yep. Right. So, um, that's kind of when I start thinking about it and how I lead into it. Now, the physical planning, and this is going to drive some people nuts. I love it. I don't think, I don't think do about it. a year. Okay. I, I don't think about my year at all. I've thrown the year out the window. I think about campaigns, and I think about the month. The reason I think about the month is a 5K order has the potential to impact your week. It will certainly impact your day. It will not impact your month. If you're actually working in the business, a 5,000 CPO order over a month is exactly the same as a peeler if you're working the business. Hmm. So I'm thinking about each month what shows I have, what appointments I have, what spaces I have for appointments and what fun stuff I'm doing. Right. And so then I think about what my best of let's call it January is. I think about what my best January is. I think about what my January this year looks like. And I think about uh, how January is going to fit into my spring campaign. And then whatever happens for January, the moment January is over, I forget about January. My last appointment of January, uh, I normally do a 7 p.m. on a Monday, so I get done with that by like 7.45, 8 o'clock. By the time I'm out of that driveway, I've forgotten what I'm at for January because February is the next day. 
and I'm just focused on the production for February. And if I'm down a lot for January, I just know I need to adjust a little bit. Okay, fine. So what I'm doing there is I'm removing some of that emotional roller coaster that some people will have because I'm focused on working in the business and I have a metric crap ton of appointments <laughs> in front of me at any given time. I think right now in my fall campaign, I have somewhere in the ballpark of 80 or 85 appointments. Joffrey, that was one of the questions scheduled. that came up was, you know, you, you are <laughs> uh, known for having tons of appointments set up into the future and planning you know, months in advance in some cases. Um, what what is that look? Because I think that's a when a rep's brand new, that's a a fear that is kind of instilled in them, right or wrong. That hey, don't schedule too far in advance. Don't don't do that. And I think as somebody gets more veteran like yourself, you can learn how to do that effectively. Um, what does that look like for you? Why do you think you're able to do that uh, and not have it hurt you in terms of reschedules, cancellations, or what may have you? Excellent. So uh, I mentioned to you before we started recording that the call, uh, or the, the, based before the call, uh, the reason that I'm down here in Portland is because I had a migraine last night. I was supposed to be doing appointments today. I had four or five appointments today. Okay, can't do them. I was I uh, terrible migraine out of commission. Wasn't going to be anywhere near them. Um, so I had to move them. Okay, it is yesterday was the fifteenth of uh, October. Okay. The first of those four or five appointments from today was able to get squeezed into my schedule on the 19th of November, a month out. Wow. My customers know I'm busy. I have a full schedule, right? Um, so this ties in perfectly to what I was just talking about with the schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, so up until 2019, I did all my phone time myself. 2019 is when I got my assistant. At this point, um, I now released my schedule to my assistant about three times a year. One, uh, the third one is right after my 20-day fair, which was about two weeks ago. And then I released spring campaign right around Christmas-ish, a little bit before New Year's. And then sometime around April, I released summer campaign. Okay? Um, and... At this point, my customers know how many people I see. And so there's a mutual respect of the time. And when you're super busy and they want what you're providing, there's willing to work around. That's what I was going to mention. It almost feels like a lot of reps get stuck in this. They're doing me a favor scheduling an appointment. It sounds like for you, it's the exact opposite. It's like, no, 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 no. They view it as I'm doing them a favor, which it should be, right? If we're really providing great service or really like, um, it, 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 would, would you agree? Is that the feeling between you and your customers? There's some of that. Also, here's a standard that I have. Working with Trent Booth and the Veritas leadership group over the last decade has unlocked things within me that I never knew existed until they were coached out of me. If you're listening and you feel stuck or like you have another gear that you're having a hard time getting to, Trent's offering a free intro call to any of our listeners. I love Veritas because it's an amazing combo of mentoring and coaching. I get what I need when I need it most. It's also a flat monthly rate, which 
is awesome for anyone looking to give it a shot with no contract and no long-term commitment. Schedule a call with Trent today by going to linktree slash CSP60. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash CSP60. That's linktree slash CSP60 with a dot before the two E's. Right now, counting fresh leads, counting people in my CRM I need to follow up with, counting referrals, counting the, you know, on occasional national lead coming in from the SDE program, counting every lead source, I have somewhere in the ballpark, 1,500, 1,800 active people I'm in contact with for an appointment, okay? I have 1,500 people waiting to get into my schedule. If you no-show an appointment, that's not disrespectful for me. That's disrespectful for literally a thousand other people. Mm. I'm moving on. Okay. And when I'm there, I'm very on point. I'm very focused on the person directly in front of me. And I want to make sure they have the best customer service possible. I want to make sure that we're on par with following up with the world's finest, world's finest customer service. And so it's not just one thing, it's a combination. It's the high level customer service when I'm there. It's the lots of people I need to take care of, okay? Um, and it's making sure that when I leave, whatever the appointment does, if it's a no sale, if it's a $3,000 order, if it's a sheer holster, whatever it is, they feel taken care of. Mm. So it's a few different things combined. And then it's being able to communicate that not in words, but in body language when you're talking to people. Like my leads sign up at the Puyallup Fair, my 20-day fairs. Hey, just to let you know, here's what my timetable is. I'm wrapping up an eight-week fair circuit. I have a whole bunch of people I'm following up with. This time of year, just to let you know, I tell people between November and April, hopefully by the end of the year. Right. But we'll definitely get you in the schedule. Definitely get you taken care of. It's real. It's not, that's real urgency because you've created a business that is real urgency. I think that's Mm -hmm. great. You brought up scheduling assistant. What were you at in your career? You said it was 2019. What were you at in in yearly production before you you added on that scheduling assistant and brought somebody on? So 2018, I started coaching with Curtis Jacuse. And the very first year, Curtis is like, Joffrey, get an assistant. And I was like, no. He's like, what do you mean? No, no one tells me no. I'm Curtis. <laughs> Curtis DeCuse. If, you, if, you, know, if no. you know Curtis, I would have loved to see his reaction to you just saying no. He's like, what do you mean? No, I go, I want to get to 300 K in annual CPO production before I get an assistant. And he's like, okay. And then we go through the year. I stroll over 300K that year. I think I hit like 307 or something like that. Just, you know, with a week and a half to go. I was like, okay, cool. Took the rest of the year, basically very downtime. Um, Strolled over 300K. And our very first call of 2019, he goes, hey, how's your new year? When are you getting an assistant? <laughs> Losing it. He didn't say hi. How are you? He didn't say how is your new year. He was just like straight, like, hey, great. You know, plus three. So I, was just, I was like, all right. And then I got one April of that year. Um, and then uh, I've had an assistant ever since. 
So do you feel, so, so you, would you, I'm, I don't want to assume, but it feels like you're, <clears throat> I was going to ask, was that late or early? You'd say it was late. I should have done it. I should have listened earlier. Or it was like, Hey, that was the right timing for you or. No, not at all. Uh, it was a perfect timing for me. Cool. Okay. There's, th there's too many. So let me give you the basis, step out of the assistant and the appointment and step into how much we actually make. Okay. Yeah. Last year sold 400 grand, not even 401. So 400 divide by two, it's 200 grand. That's pretty simple math. Okay. Some people have the delusion and the misunderstanding that we profited 200 grand last year. That's laughable. This is, this is one of my biggest um, pushbacks on any time that we are promoting anything um, when it comes to income is we need to promote <clears throat> profit, not who cares how much revenue you have? It's like, how did you create it? Right. That's the, so you're mm -hmm. saying, Hey, we need to start in reality here. So yeah, go ahead. 400 K in a year, 200 K in commission. Awesome. But Yeah. Cool. So there are two primary resources we have as business people, time and money. Okay. Up until 300 K in annual CPO production, I was more comfortable spending time. Okay. Doing my own phone time, everything else. Okay. And that had me working about a 50, 55 hour work week, which is kind of my sweet spot. I have ADD that basically that makes me happy working like that. Okay. Yep. I'm not promoting that someone has to do that. That's my particular schedule. Yep. Okay. So at 300K in annual production, uh, at that point, I was in a fairly serious relationship. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out, but okay, fine. I wanted to start spending some dollars and replace the time. So I got an assistant. <laughs> um, and I spent the first few months of 2019, um, or first month or so, looking at an assistant. Then I had a very serious head injury, uh, February, uh, and I finished off spring campaign down about 50k now if people know my numbers like sometimes i'm down and i'm like it's like 1300 dollars. like i'm not down fifty thousand for a campaign that's not that's not a normal number for me right i think the previous year i did like 113 for spring and that year i did like 57 or something like i was down okay so my original assistant started with me and then that year the whole focus was just grow any like I don't care if it's one C I don't care if it's a quarter CPO growth is growth because being able to grow after spending February March and April sitting on a couch doing concussion protocol in a dark room so long story short I grew in 2019 and I was like okay the assistants are really really good idea mm. also as someone with anxiety and depression. Um, the assistant helps me out a lot because I, for whatever reason, I get massive amounts of panic and anxiety checking email and voicemail. So I've been able to outsource and leverage. Uh, and I've still found a 50, 55 hour, 57 hour work week, kind of my sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've just replaced all that phone time with appointments. So I'm not force replacing i'm force multiplying so instead of doing 60 man hours a week myself i'm doing 
80, 85, 90 person hours as a business. Oh, I love and, the way that you're looking. I think it's a healthy way to look at that conversation of when am I ready to have this uh, assistant? I, let, let, let me ask you one more thing on that. And then I want to get into the growth. Sure. The person that might show up and say, well, what if not having an assistant is what's holding me back from fill in the blank? Um, you're lazy. If, if you if you came today to get coddled, you you're not in the right place, boys and girls. Uh, I'm just gonna cut you off right there. You're lazy. And here's the thing: I one of my favorite things that you do, Joffrey, is you have a way of starting off these conversations with, "Here's a thing that is happening." I found this is your catchphrase. And you have this way to be unapologetically yourself, real, but to also like invite people into a conversation about it. Uh, and I love how blunt and honest you are about like, hey, here's how I feel about this. But then we can always still talk about it. And that's what yeah. I love. And this growth topic is something that I was really excited to ask you about. In fact, I had to cut you off and kind of the when you hopped on early, you were like, and I was like, no, 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 wait, because I, I heard that you've grown every single year since 2011, whether it's by a dollar or 50. Uh, it's a oh. little earlier than 2011. Oh, hit, okay. Hit me with the real 2000, year. It's 2006. So from 06 to we're recording this in 2023. So from 06 to 22, you have grown every single year, even during a year for somebody who does quite a few events like 2020, where everything was shut down. You grew. That's intentional. Wanna... That's. What's the mindset behind that type of growth year in and year out? How do you approach planning that helps you increase in business every single year? That's amazing to me. I didn't just grow in 2020. I grew almost 20%. I went from 307 to 356, roughly 20%. It's good enough for government work with a silver cup. Walk me through, man. Like, I feel like that's to your point earlier of that. There are a lot of times, Joffrey, in our business where when I was a new manager, I would be blown away by somebody's uh, SC2 push or their one-year production. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I got to do what they're doing. The older I get, I'm more impressed by people with sustained success over a long period of time, even more so when they grow. Your, that's a lot of, uh, gosh, just the amount of times you have to uh, start back over and say, what's this year going to be about for me and be excited about it. Like I'm, I'm so blown away by that stat. I'd love, <clears throat> I'd love to hear about that. So at this point, it's not about, um, Hey, like, like what's the next big goal? I, like, I'm excited about the next MacGuffin, the next carrot. It's cool. How can I do more with less? Mm. Okay. Or how can I do more with the same? I think okay. that's something everybody can get excited about for sure. Now to answer the, Oh, you know, get an assistant that's holding me back. Okay. There are too many people in this business across the board that focus on force replacement versus force multiplication. Some people, you know, let's assume someone's maintaining a 35 hour work week and 10 of that is phone time. So they have 25 hours of appointments. Okay. There are 25 hours customer facing. Okay. Okay. And they get an assistant and they maintain that 25 hours in customer facing. Okay. I completely get the freeing up 10 hours a week for family time or whatever else, but 
most people aren't doing anything productive with those 10 hours. They're not doing anything with the family. They're not doing anything with the friends. They're, 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 they're not doing anything with it. They freed up 10 hours for what? All you're doing there is throwing money at the problem. Okay. Something I was taught very early on from Mr. Michael Souther. Uh, Mr. Michael Souther got a hold of me somewhere around 10,000 in career sales. Okay. That was in summer of 2004. No, summer of 2000. Yeah, summer of 2004. I'd been around for about a year and a half. I, I, I was around for a year and a half. I was at around 10,000 in sales. I was a vector groupie. It's good times. <laughs> okay. And one of the founding philosophies he taught me was a full-time work week, a week was a 40-hour week. We, as commissioned salespeople, are paid to be in front of customers. How do you, Joffrey Grimes, be in front of customers 40 hours a week? Some of that 40 hours a week is phone time. Some of that's drive time. Some of that's the actual appointments, right? If you're doing phone time, how long does it actually take you to set up an appointment? Is it 10 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? How many minutes of phone time does it take to set an appointment? Plus the drive time from appointment one to appointment two, plus the appointment. And that was about two hours all that math combined. Yep. So doing 20 appointments a week was a 40 hour work week. How do I work 40 hours a week? Okay. That was a founding principle from summer 2004. That has kind of become a fundamental pillar. It's not even something I think about. It's like brushing my teeth. It's like, like, okay. I, like I have all of this stuff in my week. I have all this stuff in my month. How do I fit four 40-hour work weeks? For instance, we met earlier this year at NET. Okay? NET looks like work, smells like work, tastes like work. We're commission salespeople. That's not work. That's education. It's training. It's not work. So I got back from NET and did four full days of lots of appointments. I think I did... Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, those four days, I think I did uh, seven or eight appointments each day for those four days to, cr to really crank out and crush that sales week, okay? So it's maintaining what is an actual work week for me plus what do I want out of my month plus what else do I have going on that particular week? Plus, what does that week look like compared to the rest of my month? Right. I love that you're you're really a yes and person. But like, mm -hmm. you, you you talked about all these concerts you're going to and these things you're doing, helping a friend. It's yes and. Uh, I love that's. I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing it described as forced multiplication versus forced replacement. That idea is going to stick with me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to look at my calendar and go, what, what, am I, what am I missing here? Which leads me to a really important question when we're talking about yes and. In 30 seconds or less, I need to know who are some of your favorite Pacific Northwest bands of all time. Rishlu, a C2, the Melvins, and the Melvins is really who Nirvana was trying to be because Kurt Cobain couldn't uh, basically couldn't get into the Melvins. And the most influential band of all time for me in the entirety of my music history is the band, the Murder City Devils. 
Murder City Devil. City the, I, I hope that their hits on Spotify skyrocket after this episode. Uh, love ah, uh, I have just given you some very, very deep divey Seattle go, music stuff. So Pretty Girls Make Graves is, is up there. I should go uh, in and, and edit this and say viewer discretion advised before they dig into this rabbit hole of, of music we just uncovered. I mean, I haven't given you anything really explicit like Electric Hellfire Club, but... Oh, I love it. I I haven't given you anything really heavy like Opeth. (laughs) (laughs) So so I love that that makes complete sense. The growth, it's it's, some people think I got to work harder. The only way is to work harder. And some, there are some people, to your point earlier about being lazy, that need to hear somebody tell them you need to work harder. But at some point, your body will tell you, Hey, I, I, I can't go any harder. So it's, it's replacement through and enforced multiplication. I love that um, versus the replacement of it. Um, There's one other piece I want to add please, to this go ahead, yeah. at the very end is an exclamation point. Um, it's, it's fairly well talked about in the company that I have anxiety, I have depression, I have ADD. I am like, I'm a neurodivergent person. However you want to phrase that. Yeah. Okay. One of the things I was taught very early on as a rep, the physical body does not know the difference between a day you're planning on working and didn't and a day you actually worked. So a carrot is the CPO, the income, the trophy, the thingy. A stick is you planned a five-day work week. You work three days, two days you didn't work. Your body still responds to those two days you didn't work, even if you're at the beach with your partner, even if you're hanging out with your kids, even if you're at a music festival, even if you're doing whatever else, your body receives those two days of rest as work. Your body does not know the difference between work and thinking about work. And I was going to say, is that because of the anxiety of you're supposed to be relaxing, having fun? And in your head, you're just going, I said I was going to work. I said, and this is what, that's why I tell people, you got to plan time off. You have to, Uh because you're going to end up taking it either way, but you're going to feel like crap about it the entire time. Uh Uh-huh. And then you didn't take the time off. Oh, Joffrey. I see, I see in our, in our Zoom audience here, I see some head nods happening. see some head nods. Uh, I love that. I love that point. And I think just knowing that it, it allows people to give themselves permission to take that time off. Absolutely. Um, the most important part of my week is time off. Now I, 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 I love how you kicked off the call of, Hey, I'm, I'm references an events or heavy events rep. I'm not. Okay. But, but what I, what I kind of been told is you use events <clears throat> to accelerate your business. Talk to me about yep. that, just that thought around events and, ex- and using them as an accelerant for your business. Cool. Okay. So this comes back to the uh, the uh, the 400K CPO and people having the delusion we profited 200 grand on it. Okay. Yep. So let's use some nice round numbers. None of these will be concrete real world examples, but let's just use some nice, uh, basically uh, nice, lovely numbers. Um, you go out and you sell basically 400 grand for the year. Okay. Your show costs are, let's call it 40 grand because you're doing a show most weekends, shows about a grand. Okay, fine. Okay. 
Then you have marketing, then you have CRM, everything else. And so your business overhead, if you're only doing shows and you do about 40 of them over the year, works out to being somewhere in the ballpark of $70,000 when everything's said and done. And people get really, really upset when I actually start hitting their numbers right on the nose. I had a new mentee who started with me at the beginning of this year, and he had sold just shy of 200K last year. And on our very first phone call in about 12 minutes, I was like, so you made about 35 grand last year. And he's like, huh? And then he did the math. He's like, <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, you made 35 grand selling 200 grand. Mm -mm. So if you only work shows, a $1,000 expense creates 5,000 CPO. Okay, 5,000 CPO divided by two, $2,500 in profit, minus $1,000, you'll walk away with 1,500 bucks for three days of work. Okay, fine. Okay, now let's assume at that show for the same 5,000 CPO and the same $1,000 expense, you pull 15 leads. You go out, you do the 15 service calls, and all of a sudden you sell an additional five grand. That additional five grand didn't cost you anything. Mm. You already spent the money. Okay. So instead of walking away with $1,500, you walk away with $4,000. 10,000, five grand from the show, five grand in follow up. Five plus five is Godfrey, 10. I feel 10 like reps, <laughs> I feel like they know that they're told that by their coordinators over and over again, but you using the, the factual data of here's what it looks like financially. I think a lot of people, when they understand that, and, and you obviously understand very well, that's why you harp on the follow-up, the service calls, the everything after <clears throat> So that word accelerant makes so much more sense to me now. To put Chelsea McDougal on the spot. Love you, Chelsea. <laughs> You're adorable. Uh, I've had, and she's turning beet red right now. <laughs> she already knows what I'm going to say. I've had this conversation with her for the last two years on the rep trip. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, when I met her for the first time in Cancun, she had sold ballpark 180 grand behind the booth. I had sold approximately 180 grand behind the booth the same year. I sold 370 that year. She sold 180. He's a 400k shipper. He just doesn't do the follow up. Love you, Chelsea. He's like your 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 willingness <laughs> to be your willingness to be kind versus nice is I love it. I really really you really care. Um, speaking about right. service calls, that was uh you are I believe one person I think it was Kaiser in his form said he is a service machine, and yeah. uh. What like what was the needle mover, or was there ever a needle mover for you in closing percentage on service calls on average order? Like what what was was there ever an aha moment for you with service calls that really made it from like I need to do these to I love to do these to what what was it for you? Awesome. Um. So my very first national or my very first regional event was kickoff conference 2003. I wasn't even at 3,000 sales, and somehow my dad thought it was a reasonable idea to buy me a plane ticket to San Jose to a work conference. <laughs> Don't ask me why he thought this. Hey, thanks, Dad. It's a very good decision. Thanks, Dad. And I saw Ed Reed's Hall of Fame induction. I met Ed Reed. I saw his Hall of Fame induction. That was a very emotional moment, very profound. Without knowing it at the time, that, that was the decision point of I'm going to do Petco as a career. I'm going to be exemplary customer service. 
Um, the next one, the next big point was Michael Souther getting a hold of me at 11,000 in career sales a year and a half later, somewhere around June 2004. And at that point, I was a vector groupie train wreck. I was the really positive person around the office who always said the right things and sold. You shit. were the best yeah. hand clapper and office team channer of all time. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, it took me two years to sell $25,000. <laughs> <laughs> two years almost to the day i'm i'm and i feel like your best week ever is close to 30 now right 33 yeah i so anyway for those yeah, sitting there yeah. going <laughs> i'm at 10k i'm at 15k my manager <laughs> sent me this podcast to listen to there's no way you a year and a half to get to 10k yeah yeah so um michael southern got a hold of me he's like yeah like basically at that point there had been a bunch of reps in my office who were like sell sell big sell big close i didn't have those social skills i was a weird shy introverted goth kid my dad is a phd in mathematics you think i have any idea what to do with social skills i learned those selling knives right <laughs> so michael southern and those of you who know michael southern is like you learn social skills from michael southern uh-huh love that man <laughs> um michael southern's like yeah just go out and do a lot of appointments like oh Huh. Okay. And I started doing service. And I was terrible. I was terrible. I think I had an average order of like a pair knife and a cutting board. Like I was terrible, but I brute forced it. And I just did a lot of appointments. I got referrals and I kept doing a lot of appointments. And that carried me. That, that carried me all the way to the rep print. I didn't learn to sell. I didn't learn to sell a block set until 2011. I've been in the business for nine years. I had people buy them, but I didn't know how to sell one. <laughs> and Brett's just you're just sitting here laughing like this right here. Well, what I, what I love is is that like I think like for me I wasn't a great rep, but I think a lot of the people that are here long term are the ones who <clears throat> find out how to handle peaks and valleys early and don't quit. There's a lot of top performing new reps every single year with Cutco that then hit their first moment of uh, not perfection and they crumble. So you had yep. years of peaks and valleys and ups and downs and not being awesome and try and learning. And it's, it's kind of like, I, I heard once that mm. a certain percent, it's a very high percent of CEOs in America are dyslexic because their whole life has been tough and not easy figuring out problems. So when they have a problem, they don't, give up they work through it and i think that's what i'm learning about you is you spent your first nine years everything was not easy or perfect and then when you get good and those things happen oh my goodness it, like it was the first two years um and then the next two years i uh i was an assistant manager <clears throat> um doing you know 25 30 hours a week in the office plus i was a triple major in math physics and astronomy at the university of washington I was running a top progression guild in World of Warcraft for the gamers out there. I was competing for U.S. firsts. And then my girlfriend was in Flagstaff at NAU, which is a two-hour drive north of Phoenix. And I was seeing her about once a month. And I was still selling 50K a year around college with that schedule. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and going uh, to like 150 concerts a year. So, so with service, do you do now, do you do service all year or only at certain times? Like you're talking about right now, what is, what does that look like? Uh, so I'm doing appointments year round. The vast majority of my in-home appointments 
99, 99.5, I don't know, almost all of them will be service calls. Got it. Um, you know, I'll, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll do a few demos here and there. Um, and then I'll do some business gift stuff. But most of the time, my business gift stuff is generated off of service calls or on service calls. Right? Cool. So um, over the course of the year, um, when the service call elite program was tracking national service calls, um, I was number one or number two every year for those three years. And the only person who beat me was Michael Southern. Not everybody was submitting those national stats, but according to yeah. Oldian for those two or three years, we tracked that. And I think that year I was number one. I think I did somewhere in the ballpark of 730, 750 service calls for the year. So, and, and <laughs> you said earlier, a lot of those are scheduled weeks, months in advance. What What's something you do when, when scheduling, or maybe at this point your assistant does it, What's what are what do you do when when those get scheduled that sets the buying atmosphere or maybe you don't maybe it's in the appointment uh before you even get there cool so my assistant's doing 99 99.5% of my appointment scheduling so there's a couple different lines I do one at the end of the service call sign up at the booth at the booth I go perfect did you want to take a look at anything else today yes no awesome uh, they, uh, basically after that exchange, you go, perfect. Just so you know, when I come out, I'll have all the new stuff with me as well. In case you want to play with anything. Thanks a bunch. We'll be in contact. And then when my assistant is scheduling the appointment, the very last bit, the very last message, the very last line on a phone call is perfect. We have you down. Joffrey will see you at date on time. And if you want to play with anything else, he'll have all the new stuff with him as well. And also all the specials, because there's a lot of specials going on right now. So it's just a quick, simple little end line. And then as I'm walking in, sharpening and servicing, um, there's another little line thrown in there. And it varies based on the conversation. Some people are like, I already have my wish list. I go, awesome. Other people are like, yeah, it's like, okay, cool. No big deal. Right. But there's just like it's a it's a small little one liner, and then if someone's like, "Oh, I want to buy something," I go, "Cool, awesome. Let me get your stuff taken care of first because I want to make sure your investment's already taken care of." But don't worry, we'll come back to that and we'll basically we'll talk about basically the other stuff you want to get. Love it, love it. Okay, and and we so you're you're scheduling those <clears throat> somehow that expectations getting created beforehand. Um, many of those getting scheduled directly from the booth. Um, we did nope, have a couple. Nope, of, nope. No, I have zero direct schedule from the booth. Oh, okay. So you're, you're generating leads and then they're getting scheduled, uh, after the fact. Yep. Um, this, we this... do rep of record check on, uh, appointment leads as well. Got it. And, uh, I'm a huge proponent of that because that means the customer is getting continuity of customer service from the same right. rep continuity of care. There's no high pressure to sell anything because the, like that rep has gotten all the CPO off that, like basically yep. off that rep. And so I want to make sure that I'm not accidentally seeing someone else's customers. And also uh, if I accidentally do see someone else's customers, because we have a pair basically there's myself, Michael Southern, Judy Sue, all of us are over 400, Michael Southern's over 500, possibly 600 this year in annual production. We have a lot of customers. Plus all the new kids are selling 300 grand. If I accidentally sign somebody up and accidentally do that service call, I'll transfer that order after the fact because that's 
their order. Oops, sorry, no problem. I, uh, I something that through uh, coaching uh, our events teams with Josh Muller that I've found to be true is the more ROR, the better. You know, the it, it, it really is a team team effort. And that leads me to one of the questions. I got submitted a little <clears> late. Didn't know if I'd get to it, but Benji Lehman submitted this one. And I love it. Um, he love has Benji. made me aware. He's great. He's made me aware of something you and uh, Austin Oberling have <clears> kind of, I don't know if you co-created or what it is, but your, your dynamic on your team of, the DM involvement with the CSPs and the, and the DM and CSP uh, collaborating together to create more. It's, it's not happening from my understanding anywhere else at the level you guys are doing it across the company. It's I, I love hearing about it. I, Austin is such a brilliant mind talking to you, meeting you at net. I don't know what I expected, but I did not expect what I met. What I met was like, and I mean that. I mean that with so much love, man. Like it, it was, it was so cool. So, what can you speak to in terms of like, what, what, what is that collaboration with the CSPs within your team and the DM that you feel like is happening for you guys that might not be happening elsewhere in the company? Ooh, you asked me a loaded question. I'm not sure you want me to answer that on a recorded call. But hey, you, you, you decide, I'm man. I, I'm just asking the questions over here. You can take it wherever you want. Cool. So one of Austin's really big thrusts as a manager is making sure his people make money. Okay. I think Austin's lifetime PPR is like six or seven grand or something. You'd have to ask him what his lifetime PPR is. Okay. There was one summer, one summer that we produced, or sorry, one year we produced, I think it was 18 reps over 30,000 with a PPR that, uh, that summer of like 9,100 or 8,900 or something. And this is on like 57 recruits. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 Xing some of the other offices in the nation. This is a big, big shift. He's investing, making sure his people make money. It's coming from the right place. Yeah, Yeah, it's coming from the right right place. And I was like, okay, awesome. This is something I can dig into. This is something I can get into. This is something I can pour my heart and soul into and help support. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, that was Austin's really big focus. And with that, because I've been, I've done everything in the business except have my name on the office door. Sure. John Bedford, Kirkland office, 2009 through 2014. I was running as key staff. We run a silver cup. We had two or three years over 1.5. I uh, I ran the key staff organization. The key staff was responsible for a million dollars in business. Um, uh, we did um, over a million dollars in new business one of those years. Uh, like we've done a lot. And so I took all that experience and plugged it into Austin's office. Um, Austin has done a lot with making sure his people have all the tools, whether that be planning, whether that be assistant, whether that be incorporating, whether that be just all, like all, all of the stuff. Yep. Um, there's a lot of bleeding edge stuff. And he's trying to provide tools for his people. So that way his people have whatever tools they could want to have accelerants in their own business to make sure they're making Give me an example of maybe one um, tool that Austin has, 
whether he's providing it or you guys collectively are, are, are using it, what's one that you feel like has had a big shift for you that's provided something for you? Um, one of the big ones this year was I finally got incorporated. Mm. Huge. I, I, I just got incorporated this year. Lotho Manor Incorporated, Lotho Manor Inc. If you're a Star Wars nut, you can ask me about that deep cut reference. If you're not a Star <laughs> Wars fan, don't worry. <laughs> uh, and was that through his encouragement? And he said, hey, I want to I want to pay for this process for you. Like, what did that look oh, like? Oh, no, not at all. I paid for the whole thing. So, um, uh, at, uh, so I encouraged Austin a number of years ago to start doing a once per campaign intensive key staff all day level meeting yep. and started one thing and it's kind of grown. And this year we did a four day retreat over Memorial day weekend. So a lot of people are partying over Memorial day weekend and we're sitting in a cabin in the woods <laughs> digging into work stuff and people zoomed in. And I was like, awesome. Uh, basically. And uh, one of the guys um, uh, called in, gave some basic financial education. One of the services they did was incorporated. I was like, awesome. Let's, you know, oh, Hey, right. awesome. Great. Let's do this. Awesome. Let's basically, let's get this rolling. I right. think that's all that's those are the type of things that um a lot of times <clears throat> as a DVM, we're naturally giving our management candidates, but for whatever reason, <clears throat> our CSP and our our sales leadership team um were missing the boat on that. So I love hearing mm -hmm. that, just getting that type of mm -hmm. access to those types yep. of individuals, huge, absolutely huge. And, and those the, that that key staff crew, is there what are some keys that maybe you've taught some of those newer CSP candidates that have cut, that have kind of shortened their learning curve from your own that have helped you guys kind of create this powerhouse crew. Is there anything that comes to mind when you think of, Hey, I, I taught a somebody aspiring to be a CSP this, and I wish I had known it earlier. Oh, there's so many of them. So this is, uh, uh um, I'm really instrumental in the office. Um, not taking into the, away from Austin and certainly not taking it away from nine who won a silver cup last year. Anastasia who got married this year, won a Rolex last year and bought a house this year. Yeah. Certainly not taking anything away from Zane who won an all American every campaign for the last like seven campaigns in a row. They're rock stars. I'm just, I'm just dumping extra gasoline on their fire. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the things that Austin does at those retreats is he makes sure the the people in attendance are submitting things that they want and need and would like to help accelerate their business. And sometimes I'm the person giving advice, mm. insight on that. Um, so I'm a big stats guy. I have, I have stats up the wazoo for all over the place for all kinds of places. And uh, one of the things that I've helped with um, with the number of people's the stat tracking to remove the emotional roller coaster out of the highs and lows. Um, another place is every rep, every person has a personality. That personality eventually will slip into your sales style. You'll develop a personality with your customers. That's only natural, right? Um, uh, myself, you and Han are three very different people. I adore Han. Han's amazing. <laughs> Very different person than I am. Awesome. Right? They're going to develop their own personality on their appointment, just like you would, just like I would, just right. like Michael Southern or Curtis would, just like Deanna would. We're going to develop our own personality. 
And so um, helping people use the stats to remove the emotional roller coaster, but then also helping them own who they are and matching up their personality and which with their sales style. Yes. Yes. This is something I talk about with new managers is that, Hey, don't be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Don't be, there shouldn't be an interview version of you and then a training version of you. And then a, a team it's, you should always be the same person you learn <clears throat> from the best, but then you got to internalize it, <clears throat> and make it your own. And it feels like you, you've really encouraged others to do that. Yeah, Anastasia is a much more conservative person than I am. The house that she's putting together with her lovely husband, who's also the Tacoma district manager, is described as grandma chic. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just like, like I adore you. Everything about you breathes and bleeds you. You should do that. I have no interest in any of her motif. <laughs> That's irrelevant. Her life isn't mine. She shouldn't be empowered to run her life. That's awesome. <laughs> so what you're saying is she's not wearing a Tool t-shirt today. I don't think she knows who Tool is. <laughs> that, I think I if you it. said Tool, she'd be like, hammer? Drill? Paintbrush? I've got, <gasps> uh, I've got one last question for you, potentially two, depending on where this goes. But I, I, I got to know, what's something... Joffrey, that I should have asked you today that would have helped our team? Um, I've met um, uh, Benji, Chelsea, your Fair and Show team mm -hmm. uh, through Mr. Uh, Rob Steiner. Mm -hmm. And your team, the, basically the Fair and Show team there is has the best camaraderie I have ever interacted with on any fair and show team at any point at any time of the company. Oh, wow. Y'all doing a great job on community. The nut that needs to get cracked is how to do the follow-up and the service calls to take someone shipping 150, 200 grand a year behind the booth and turning that into the proper 400, 500K in annual CPO it should be. But if you're selling 200K behind the booth, you're a 500K. But Joffrey, rep. it makes sense. We have, we have a that. group of reps in our on, on one of our teams that are kind of stuck between 175 and 225. And you're right. That's, that's, and once one person does it, like a Joffrey Grimes in your division, then it, Oh, I, I'm going to do that. It takes one person to it, show. I'm not sure you asking the question, but the topic is, okay, I understand you have a family. I understand you have goals outside of the business. Awesome. What are the commitments you need to make to make your business more even keel? So that way you're actually producing the 300, 500 that you're very capable of. And frankly, already there, just missing this pillar. Yes. This pillar is, it's not a piece, it's a pillar, right? Mm -hmm. um, there was a CSP um, who was a coordinator. Uh, I don't remember the gentleman's name. I don't remember what area he was at. He was selling, came out of the gate first year as a coordinator, sold like 125, 130 grand. And then slowly decrease, and then slowly, slowly decrease, and slowly decrease, and slowly decrease, and kept decreasing. And finally, he was struggling to get over like 50 grand every year. 
And one of the years in there, he was asking, he's like, I'm like, I'm just stuck at like 75 grand and I haven't done a hundred K for each year for the last couple of years. What am I doing? I go, well, how many service call leads do you have to follow up? He goes, Oh dude, like 3,000, 2,500. I was like, and I literally fell on my chair. I was like, what the f are you thinking? That's your <laughs> problem. People are coming up and pissed off because you told them you're going to sharpen their knives four years ago and you ain't done it. So you just been lying to people. So now everyone's grumpy. That's your problem with doing shows. Stop doing shows for six months. Do appointments. And then that person left the business. Hey, you know what? We got to make them aware. So they've got a shot and then it's, it's up to them. Um, I, when I, I yeah. choose the, when I choose the snippet to preview this episode, I might have to use the last 45 second rant. I just, I, I might have to, I might have to. Joffrey, I, um, I just cannot thank you enough. Um, I know we got to know each other a little bit at, at net and you graciously gave me some time and even some feedback when I asked for it. And it, I, I just, I appreciate your kindness and how much you care about everybody around you. And a lot of people mistaken that as being nice. I think I, I started to talk about this earlier It in sometimes it's in the form of brutal honesty, but man, I just know it always comes from an amazing place for you. Cause you want to see people do what they're capable of uh and i think we're in such a unique situation here at cutco where leaders like yourselves are like <clears throat> so willing to give back during one of their busiest stretches of the entire year like yourself so seriously thank you thank you thank you so much if you want me to come back and dive on in we could spend an hour on the scheduling stuff because like we skimmed the topic like like I so there's a bunch wait. of things like we didn't even like skim the top of like we grazed the top of the foam <laughs> and and I'm also going to dive into uh, a stat that I heard you have found, which is CPO produced per activity. Don't say anything yet, but that's going to be on the the, the return episode. Uh, don't I, I, don't miss I, I that don't, one as long as we've got upcoming CSB High Hands interviews yeah. with Jess Miser, October 17th, Rob Steiner, October 24th, Amy Muller, October 26th, Dante Reynolds, October 30th forms to submit questions like you did for Joffrey today for upcoming speakers will be out soon. Jess's is already out. Last chance to submit is tonight for those of you watching this live. We will see you next time. Joffrey, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, all resources from today can be found at bit.ly slash CSPHH folder. That's bit.ly slash CSPHH folder. If you want to be a member of our live Zoom audience for one of our upcoming shows, just email bwiggins, that's B-W-I-G-G-I-N-S at vectormarketing.com and we'll get you that info. And if you loved what you heard today, I would be honored if you followed, subscribed, or even rated us on whatever platform you use to find our 60 Minutes of Fire. We'll see you next time.